Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Tired, huh? It's 9.06. Yeah, it's 9. Okay. This book is not good for you. Secret Series no, I'm not by Pseudonymous Bosch. Book 3, Chapter 35, The Tuning Fork. Okay, we don't always have to say. Yeah, you do, because what if somebody's just jumping in and they haven't read in a while? They're like, oh, what book are they on? And they wanted... No, I mean, we want to say what no. the Secret Series is by every time. I think it's a good idea to do it. You don't have to. I'll do it if you don't feel like it. Okay. Time to make an antidote, said Cass. We have to hurry. I want to give it to Yo-Yoji as soon as he gets back. We need a glass of milk, said... A glass of milk, said Max Ernest. Milk? You sure? Well, I'm not sure, but that's what it looked like. It was white and foamy. Cass opened the door to the walk-in refrigerator. I don't see any milk. Max Ernest frowned. Hmm... No, now that I think of it, maybe it just turned white. What do you mean? Let's try water. She turned the tap water on and filled the glass. Now what? She demanded, handing it to him. I don't know. They just kind of stirred it. Carefully, Max Ernest lowered the ends of the tuning fork into the into the milk and swished them around. But I think they just realized it was just water because there's no milk. <laughs> Nothing happened. Well, it's not turning white. He tried shaking the fork sideways and then up and down. He spun it clockwise and then counterwise, but still nothing. Okay, so you're obviously doing it wrong. Okay, so what do you want me to do? I'm not the one who saw it. Sorry. It's just that we have to figure it out. Look at him. Yo-Yoji had just walked past the kitchen. What is my next task? Still, stand still and wait. Max Ernest type. Yo-Yoji nodded gravely. I will be still like a statue. Immediately, he froze into place, not even blinking. Do you think there's a clue on the fork? Cass asked. Max Ernest pulled the fork out of the glass and held it up to the light. There's some kind of, like, drawing, but it's really faded. There's supposed to be, like, a bird and a snake. Like, by the front, by the door here? Yeah, wait, what do you, wait, what are you thinking? Can I, I can tell by your face. Nothing. I just remembered something, but I lost it. Cass as Cass groaned in frustration, the door to the kitchen opened, and Simone walked in. The Quisital was now sitting on her shoulder, pecking her hair. What's this? What's, who's this? Uh, who's Simone? Simone was the girl that they stole from the family, and she tries the chocolate because she's like a super taster. You know how Benjamin Benjamin hears, like, when he hears, what does he do? He like paints he, music. Yeah. She can, she's a super taster. She can taste everything. Your police friends, they're here, said Simone. Police? We don't know any police, said Max Ernest. Well, I don't know anyways. I mean, once or twice I met some. Like, when? They said they know you. A lady with a beard? A tall man? A short man? Cass grinned. Oh, those police. Yeah, we know them. They're with your mother. I... I come to say goodbye. Simone whispered to the quizzital and then pulled a green long feather from his tail. The bird squawked, but he didn't seem to mind too much. 
Here, this is for you so you remember us, Simone said, handing Cass the feather. Thanks, said Cass. The feather was beautiful, but she didn't know exactly what to do with it. No, thank you, Simone said. Because of you, I'm free. Wait, that's it, said Max Ernest. What, asked Simone. That, said Max Ernest, pointing to the quizzital. What about it, asked Cass. Well, the tuning fork is Aztec, right? And what's most famous about the Aztec gold is the quizzical. The bird snake. How about that? I read I read about him after we figured out the green bird was a quizzital. So the quizzital codal is the key then, asked Cass. So maybe not. Maybe it's the only thing I can think of. So what is he the god of? What if they just put the fork in? They didn't. Nothing was happening. No air. No, it has to be like liquid. How do you know? Because you you have to turn something into something else, and it can't be air. air. No, it doesn't work like that. How do you know? Because I I I read this. I read this book. So did you. (laughs) The sky creation. I think it said he wanted the books for the calendar. He he invented books in the calendar. The tuning fork takes you back in time, right? So the kind of relation to the calendar, sort of. Max Ernest nodded hesitantly. Yeah, but I don't know how to make the calendar out of a tuning fork. What about a sundial? No, I think I would have noticed that somehow. If that's how they made the antidote. Anyways, we're inside. There's no sun. Duh, I just meant, I don't know what you mean. Do you remember anything else about the quizzical, I think? Think, I'm trying. They looked over to Yo-Yoji, standing so still that he looked like he might fall over. This time was clearly of the essence. Cass took the tuning fork from Max Ernest. I'll see, I see two stars on top of the handle. Or is it the bottom? And the right one here above the bird and above the snake. She showed him the engraved stars, barely visible on the silver. I, also, I think I also read that the quizzicodal was considered the god of the morning star, said Max Ernest. Maybe that's, maybe that's what it is. Kind of weird that the midnight sun would be into him then, isn't it? And then what's the other star? Well, he had a twin brother, Ex- Exotol. It's like Exotol, but like Exolotl, but Exotol. Who was... Who was the evening star? Axel? Nope. I'll bet that's it. Looks like you gotta go back in the past where you need the quizzicodal. And to go back in the present where you need a, the oxidal. Axel. Let's call him that. Okay, oxidal. <laughs> but it's like TL. Day, then night. Sounds good, but then what do I do with the tuning fork? Simone, who'd been having trouble following the rapid pace conversation, spoke the first. Maybe you just turn it upside down. It worked or seemed to. As soon as Max Ernest dipped the handle of the handle into the water, the water started to cloud. In seconds, there was an alarmingly large head of foam. Taste it, said Cass, stirring. No, why? I don't know. Let me just make sure. But I don't even know what it's supposed to taste like. Plus, I could be allergic. Allergic to Aztec magic? Ugh, God. Okay, I'll do it. No, you don't know what's going to happen. It might take you back into time again. Let me, said Simone. I know how to I know how to taste and not drink. It's my job. She grabbed the hot the the hold of the glass, 
closed her eyes and took a tiny sip and she spit it out making a face whatever flavor it is wasn't her favorite vanilla she said opening her eyes really asked Cass well it makes sense doesn't it the opposite of chocolate Max Ernest pointed out and we're looking for the antidote to chocolate right how about that apparently Yoyoji liked vanilla better than Simone did and he drank the antidote as readily as if it were a milkshake his transformation however was not immediate it happened in stages. It wasn't immediate. It happened in stages. As he drank, he relaxed his military bearing and started walking in circles. A meditative expression on his face. He mumbled to himself, first in Japanese, then gradually in words more intelligible to his friends. What's going on, yo? he asked. When he last opened his eyes, he looked around blinking, confused. What happened? Where are we? It's kind of hard to explain, said Max Ernest, but in summary, you're inside of a kitchen, inside a chocolate factory, inside a rainforest, inside a wild animal park. Quickly, Yo-Yoji's friends filled him in and all of the rest, or tried to. How do you explain to someone that his mind and body had just been possessed by a 17th century samurai? As Yo-Yoji began to absorb what had happened, a big grin broke out on his face. Do you think... Do you think Master Wee will let her maybe her apprentice now? She always says you have to go to go forward, you must go back. Well, you got to admit I went really far back. I don't know, it depends on what you mean by back, said Max Ernest. You don't necessarily go back in time, or at least your body didn't, maybe your mind. Thanks for pointing that out, said Yoyoji annoyed. Max Ernest turned to Cass. Guess it's time to get out of here, huh? Yeah, but first we have to get my mom. Right. Without thinking, Max Ernest typed in find Cass's mom and held the decoder up to Yoyoji to translate it to into Japanese. Dude, why are you pointing that thing at me? What's it saying? Oh, sorry, I forgot you spoke English again. I was just telling you your orders telling you your orders where to go find Cass's mom. My orders from who? Me, your mass Max Ernest stammered. I mean, no one. Yo-Yoji laughed. When did you turn into a little general, man? You giving me orders? That's hilarious. I'd really like to see that. Max Ernest sighed. He was going to miss having his own personal samurai servant. <laughs> As they exited the pavilion, the kids saw the bald man and some of the dung-covered guards chasing after the escaped children. What's wrong with you people? Mm-hmm. what's wrong with you people any of these kids get the better of you like that you should be ashamed of yourselves the bald men shouted at the guards run fast as you like you're never getting out of the gate he shouted at the children the familiar truck pulled up in front of Cass and her friends sputtering mud all over them already all, wait, all over the already splattered guards Owen still in cowboy mode hopped out of the cab howdy he tipped his hat, fully revealing his face to them for the first time. Salutations, little lady, gents. Cass smiled, relieved, but also ch chagrined. I don't even know what that word is. She couldn't believe that she hadn't recognized him earlier. Before they could greet Owen and and or greet Owen and or betray him for giving them such a hard time when they were in entering the animal park. The bald man rushed up. You 
you can't be here. This area is for zoo employees only. I thought it was a crazy evil alchemist only, said Owen, his twang still in effect. What? The bald man sputtered. If you know what's good for you, you'll leave right now. Funny, I was just going to ask you to leave. There's a new sheriff in town, and the old one looks like he's not real popular with the kids around here. The bald man took a step forward, fists raised. I don't try to make myself popular. You know what? I think I'll give you that right out of here myself, said Owen, much friendlier. With that, he reached between the hay bales the hay bales in the back of the truck and pulled out a long rope. Here, catch! As the bald man put his hands up, Owen tossed the rope around him and hogtied him to the truck. Smiling, Owen addressed the rest of the dumbfounded and very dirty guards. Who's next? Ballyhoo! In a moment, the clearing was filled up with un- un- uh, with uniformed police doing cartwheels and backflips, not to mention swallowing swords, which Cat Thos w- thought was rather unhelpful under the circumstances. The guards took one look at the cops, then took off running. Myrtle, who could barely manage to slow to manage a slow waddle, let alone a gymnastics feats in her colleagues, but who was nonetheless mighty strong in the arms, plunked Cass's mother in the front of Cass. So, what's all of this monkey and child slaves? asked Myrtle. What's all of this about monkeys and child slaves? asked Myrtle. You gotta get you gotta get him out of here, said Cass. I think it's gonna there's gonna be a fire. Wait, is that it? Hold on, sorry. Did am I on the right page? I think there's gonna be a fire. Beep, beep, beep. Loud horns and a jaunty circus tune signaled the arrival of the rainbow-colored VW bug that looked like it had... Yeah. Had serviced in the 1960s with a great squeal of brakes and a cloud of smoke. The bug stopped in front of the pavilion. An oversized bumper on the back read, I break for elephants. Yes, Peyton. Hmm? Transportation for 50 right here, said Mickey, sticking his head out of the driver's window. How are you going to fit everybody in there, asked Max Ernest. That's impossible. Don't worry, we do this all the time, said Maurice, jumping out of the car. Step right up, kids. He picked up the nearest child and dropped him feet first into the VW sunroof. The child appeared to disappear as soon as he landed inside, although somebody standing close to the car may have heard a faint, Ow! And then why is it so dark in here? The other children clamored for a chance to follow their mate. Me? No me. My turn. As one child after another was tossed into the seemingly magic bug, Simone climbed aboard in the back of Owen's truck with Cass and the others. Owen said that he would take me to Africa, said Simone, settling into the hay bale next to Cass. He says that the pilot flies there all the time. Oh, we know that pilot, said Max Ernest. I want to see my mom, said Simone. I want to go home. I know what you mean, said Cass, looking around in the front window of the cab where her mom was looking, taking animated, talking animatedly to Owen. She couldn't wait to go home either. Aww.